Almighty and everlasting God, guide us as we walk with scripture that is often difficult to understand, to, to become attentive to the different ways in which you speak through them. May we find our own personal relationship with you through the experiences of those who came before us. Help us recognize that even in a life of uncertainty where there is evil, may we also see and recognize the good. All this we pray in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our lessons today seem to present a theme around receiving God, experiencing loss, and witnessing love in unexpected places. We see words such as integrity and suffering repeated throughout. We begin with the book of Job, a pretty well-known story that ends in experiencing a resurrection, but not before experiencing suffering and loss and death. We don't really know when this story took place. The anonymous author gives us some idea of when it was written, but it seems more to be passed down from oral tradition. And according to Richard Rohr, the author takes this opportunity to create a profound theology of the problem of evil, of conversion, growth, and suffering. Religion tells us that God is good, but then we see our own reality and this world. And we are faced with the same experiences maybe of Job. Job is described as a patient man, blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. And here at the beginning of this book is where questions arise about human suffering. In the verses that we didn't read this morning, Job is also described as family-oriented, family well-established, the greatest man of the East. The prose prologue we begin today takes place both on earth and in heaven, as you can tell from our lesson. Yahweh was speaking to the accuser, Satan. And in those verses, we discover the loss Job experienced. The painful loss of his children and everything that he owned. And the question that is posed here is if Job is in it for his faith or for the reward that comes from believing in God. I think, I think this is specifically what Satan is referring to when saying skin for skin, all that people have they will give to save their lives. Can this human being, Job, can Job love God for nothing? And God responds by giving the accuser power over Job. I mean, those of us reading it, maybe if you've read it a few times, you're familiar with this text, but if you're, you, this is your first time reading it, it makes you wonder, God, what are you, what are you doing? So Satan moves to inflict loathsome sores on Job. Now this is also an important detail because Job was well regarded in his community. 
and to be seen as having a disease isolates him from society, which is precisely what Job did. He sat among the ashes. And from these verses, we get a lot of people saying the patience of Job. But in the coming weeks, we will wrestle and we will walk with what this really means. How human suffering is not about how bad we have been or a payment for our sins. And God instructs Satan to spare only Job's life, his being. We can think of the word symbolic and diabolic. Symbolic meaning to throw together and diabolic to throw apart. When we separate, evil comes into the world. And the only one, and we'll see throughout the, this book, that can heal or reconcile is God. So I was preparing for this sermon. I was reading a book on Job by Gustavo Gutierrez, who talked about how, how we understand the good news. And when we understand it, listening from someone else's perspective or people who are hurting or those who are oppressed for whatever reason. Saying that to understand Job and the relationship that we are seeing here, it helps for us to have suffered as well. To understand Job, we must ask God to allow us to feel and not just to know and read about Job's suffering here. In 2013, I just started my first teaching job. And for those of you who are in education or any or parents as well, I started in the spring semester, so halfway through the academic year. And I think, I, I, I'm almost certain it was a Thursday, because usually our staff meetings were on Wednesdays. Well, on this particular Thursday, I heard our alarms going off and a lockdown was announced. I was really afraid I, I did what I thought I needed, to, what I knew I had to do, which first was to gather my students and then to lock my door from the inside to make sure nobody could get in. And hearing people running outside and just moving around the, the handles of the doors, checking if they were locked. And, and I was very afraid, wondering, and, and my students were too. And all I could say was, it's going to be okay, even though I didn't know if, if it was or not. I got my phone out. I quickly checked if there was anything on the news, if something was happening. And then our AP came over on the intercom and said, great job on the drill. This was a lockdown drill, which in Texas, we are required to have two per school year, a lockdown drill, according to the Texas Education Agency, is called when there is a threat or hazard inside the school building. It could be anything from parental custody disputes to an active shooter. I had missed that memo because I had missed our staff meeting that Wednesday. 
On Friday, just this past Friday, 10 miles from here, someone entered Yes Prep Secondary School and opened fire, injuring an administrator. Of course, as soon as I saw the news report, I got online, I, start, I turned on the TV trying to see who was covering these breaking news. And I got to listen to students describe their experiences. And I don't know how familiar you are with social media, but even live streaming some of what was happening. And then parents, grown parents, crying as they held and were reunited with their kids. Thinking of my friends who work in schools, of students, of my, my previous experiences as a teacher, and knowing that my husband was just six miles away teaching music to elementary students. And all of a sudden, I felt like the job we're going to listen, hear about in the next few weeks. Job does not only represent us as individuals, but also a corporate Job. A whole people who, as Gustavo Gutierrez reminds us, embody the same struggle for faith, both grace and freedom, a choice we become capable of by God's love, a mysterious meeting of two freedoms, Gutierrez calls it. And we will see how Job wrestles with this. Life is a mixture of joy and sorrow, but one is not punishment or reward for the other. There is tension, there is division in our hearts and in our world. Division similar to what the Pharisees tried to create, setting a trap when they ask Jesus about divorce in our gospel lesson as he continues his journey teaching to the crowds. Not an easy topic, so I will trust that we'll get back to it when it comes around three years from now. You know, we have the lectionary, goes, uh, we see it every three years, so we'll get back into that a little more. Into the, I think I'll be better prepared for that in 2025, and I think I'll have more to say about that. It is such a complex topic. Different religions, our own personal opinions, have much to say about this. And as I was preparing, trying to think, okay, what's my focus going to be this week for my sermon? I went online, I looked up these different sermons, tried to see what they were focusing on. I could at least tell we all didn't, we, none of us, most of us kind of went with Job. And so um, what I came to, the, to my own conclusion was that there's a vision, but in that division, there is space for healing. And healing looks different for all of us. The healing, uh, the hurt caused by relationships, whether marriage, whether friendships. And healing requires space. 
Yeah, I mean, we must be willing to wait in that space of non-answer. Richard Rohr tells us that having faith doesn't equate to having answers, but rather being ready to live without them. There's just no easy response. Job serves as an example of truth and vulnerability when we struggle with this unjust world and even when we feel and experience an unjust God. And this is what stri strikes me the most about our lessons, identifying with a personal experience of suffering, the silence that Job experienced. And we'll see it in the next few weeks, but one of the, the, the unique things about this book is that 30, in 37 chapters, we don't hear anything about God. God doesn't speak to Job. And it is here where we also discover and hear about this inner authority that comes from God. Where we see Jesus. The letter to the Hebrews this morning tells us that Jesus experienced the suffering of death for all of us. Not a specific group of us. And we come to God by doing just that, by caring and lifting each other. Now we come from a, such an individualistic tradition that this may seem complicated for us. Growing up socially and academically, this was my experience. But at home and always in a church community, it was about lifting each other up. Support each other, that joy and, and sorrow were both shared around us. This is what we need more of. May we, like David in our Psalms, recognize where we have fallen short and acknowledge that only God can reconcile all things. Amen.